This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Brian Peacock, who's the host of the Locked On 49er podcast, as well as the Peacock and Williamson podcast, covering the San Francisco 49ers, who made their final 53-man roster yesterday. Cut day across the NFL, not a fun day for a lot of players. There were some surprises on the roster. The 49ers going into week one, carrying just two quarterbacks. Jalen Hurd finally makes the team. Also, we can talk about who could land on the IR for the 49ers and who could be coming back on the practice squad. All things we'll talk about with Brian Peacock, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, September 1st. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Brian Peacock. You, of course, can hear him on the Locked On 49er podcast on the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Does a great job covering the 49ers, and we've officially got the 53-man roster, which basically just means that they're maneuvering for other roster moves, right, Brian? What's going on, man? Welcome back to the podcast. Doing fantastic, Copes. Pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, waited all day for this 53-man roster finally, just to really find out the fate of a couple of guys because most of it, we already knew what was happening in advance. And uh, yeah, the 49ers going with two QBs. It's a two-QB system, and that's it. What's sort of funny about that to me is that Josh Rosen ends up making the Atlanta Falcons. Nate Sudfeld gets cut from the 49ers. I know the Falcons and the Niners probably have different aspirations for their seasons this year, but how big of a surprise is that for you that not only are they going into the season with two quarterbacks, but it comes the day after they announced that Trey Lance actually had a bit of a finger injury, which I guess now tells all of us that it's not all that serious. Yeah, and it's only supposed to be seven days or so, so he should be back. I don't know how much action he's actually going to see. I don't think that two-quarterback system is going to be as heavy rotation as it looked like in that preseason game. Kyle Shanahan just trying to get everybody ready and used to making the switch when it is time to do that in games. But there's a good chance we see Trey Lance in week one and and beyond. And we're going to see a lot of both quarterbacks, it sounds like. And if any ideas were out there that the 49ers are going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, that is for sure not happening now. They're not cutting Jimmy G. They're not trying to trade Jimmy G. They're going to pay him his salary. Maybe, who knows, maybe they're asking him for a pay cut. Maybe that's why it took them so long to release this 53-man roster. And I don't know. But, yeah, it's Jimmy G and it's Trey Lance, and we're going to see some of both of them. But I think we'll see Nate Sudfeld back on the practice squad because I don't think the 49ers are going to go into the season without having a third quarterback there that can uh, give them some looks in practice that can practice when Trey Lance presumably can't for the next seven days or so with that finger issue, the bone chip in his finger. And who knows, maybe an opportunity for uh, another quarterback on the practice squad as well because it's a large practice squad and I think we'll see a number of these names that the 49ers cut back on the squad because you got 16 guys again it's the same COVID rules as last year with the expanded practice squads in uh, 2021. Yeah, you can manipulate and go about your 53-man roster a little bit differently because you have to foresee or foreshadow what's going to happen later in the season, which roster pieces you may need to add. And we've seen this happen over the last couple of years, certainly last season with COVID. The other names that stuck out to me on the list as far as waived or cuts, Colton McKivitt, who I guess could be back potentially as a practice squad player. As you mentioned, they used a fifth rounder on him. Not a huge deal that they, I guess they cut him or waived him, I should say. The other ones, though, running back Wayne Gallman and then defensive back Dante Johnson. Also, haha Clinton Dix. I was thinking between Dante Johnson and Haha, it might have been up to one of those guys. Both of them end up off the roster. What do you make of this? And is this a surprise to you? 
Mild surprise. I talked about this on the podcast. They're veterans, and I thought maybe even Mohamed Sanu would be sort of a dark horse to be cut as well, and he's in the same boat as Travis Benjamin, HaHa Clinton-Dix, Wayne Gallman, Dante Johnson. They're veteran players, and those types of veterans, if they're on the roster initially, then their contracts can become guaranteed, and I think they would rather keep some cheaper. And, and look, you're, I just talked about them keeping Jimmy Garoppolo's salary on the roster. They need to find some savings somewhere. So if you can save a half a million here or there, I think that's what the 49ers are doing by not guaranteeing those contracts to some veteran players, but they will have an opportunity to bring some players back. Maybe they'll hit waivers and bring a player in from another roster, but when players like Maurice Hurst go on IR, they have to make the roster first so they aren't lost for the season, so they can return from injured reserve. So they have to make the roster. Then tomorrow, they can place someone like Mo Hurst on IR. Then they can bring one of these veteran players back. So it's potentially somebody that could re-enter the picture there with some of these veterans, not only for the practice squad, but even on the 53-man roster, if they want to bring a return man back like Travis Benjamin or Simba Webster or HaHa Clinton-Dix to complete the secondary. Or, you know, if there's an injury at running back Wing Gallman, although Wing Gallman, I think, will not be out of a job for very long with teams like the Rams and the Ravens that have lost running backs and Gallman's a complete player and could probably be of benefit for a team that's not as deep at running back as the 49ers are. Hey, the Saints even released Devontae Freeman. I saw when it came down to their cut day, maybe Wayne Gallman an option for them. But you're right, the guy who makes it over Wayne Gallman then is Jermichael Hasty, makes the 53-man roster, a guy who helped and contributed over the last year or so and, and got banged up last season, missed the end of the year. Do you think a lot of keeping him over Wayne Gallman was also about not letting him drip through waivers or not letting him end up on another roster? Do you think he would have been claimed elsewhere? Yes, absolutely. And I think he is on his rookie contract. They can keep him again next year. So I think it's a short and long-term move. I don't think there was a big enough difference in how they were going to play and how they were going to be utilized for the 49ers this year that they kept the cheaper player, the player who's under control in Jamichael Hasty, and let the veteran in Wayne Gallman go see if he can find a job somewhere else. I think what happens too when we start talking rosters or thinking about how a coach is going to make up his roster, we start comparing to, to previous seasons and how they've done things. Now, the first year is always sort of tough with a new regime because they're trying to get the grip on on how they want to build their roster. They're trying to get the right pieces in and out. A guy who I think a lot of people thought would be on this roster, Josh Hokett, the fullback, playing behind Kyle Juszczyk. He ends up waived, but he can end up back on the practice squad. They're saying, I'm also looking at the tight end room. It's one tight end light based on what we've seen in the past from Kyle Shanahan, who likes his fullbacks and likes his tight ends. Right now, just George George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, and Charlie Warner. Jordan Matthews, a guy who was like the last receiver on the roster over the last couple of years, made a comeback as a tight end, bulked himself up. Can you foresee them getting a fourth tight end, or is this just what they're sticking with, you think, for the time being? What was the plan or the thought process on going light in the tight end room? Yeah, we'll see how things go with those players. I, I think there's a pretty good chance one or maybe even both of Pruitt and Matthews will be back on the practice squad for the 49ers and they'll have a fourth tight end around. I just thought, you know, they, their fourth tight end wasn't going to see the field enough. And let's be honest, Jordan Matthews is a bulked up wide receiver. And looking at how this thing shook out with cutting players like Travis Benjamin and Simba Webster, the return only players, now they've got three big bodied sort of big slot type receivers in Muhammad Sanu Juwan Jennings and Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd was probably the big winner of this entire cut down period because he finally was able to get on the field and Kyle Shanahan loves Jalen Hurd and said he's one of the best six players. So apparently he came through that game healthy and was able to practice still. And so they're going to hold on to Jalen Hurd. Any of those three guys is, is a bigger bodied sort of big slot type wide receiver who I think would play not a dissimilar role from what Jordan Matthews would for the 49ers. Now Matthews is bulked up from there being a former big-bodied slot-type wide receiver himself and actually did a pretty good job in a couple of the preseason games taking on some defensive ends. So I think they might keep him around, but when you're talking about a split-out, big-bodied, athletic, tight end, it's not that 
different from having a big bodied wide receiver that's split out that's not going to be over a defensive end anyway. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you surprised at all that the Jalen Hurd, I don't know want to call it an experiment, because uh, they're obviously he's dealt with injuries, and they used a third rounder on this guy. I think he got two touchdowns in a preseason game against the Cowboys a couple of seasons ago before he went down with the injury, and we saw flashes of maybe what he could be. Clearly, Kyle Shanahan likes this guy because, as you said, keeps giving him an opportunity. The frustration level might be there, but he's still out there, and they've obviously found a roster spot for him despite limited playing time, both in the preseason, in training camp, over the last couple of years. Are we looking at unicorn-like stuff from this guy? Why is it that, that they're so high still on Jalen Hurd to find him a spot, despite you know all the injury and the, and the status he's had? Is it because of the contract? Is it because it's a, a low-risk, high-reward potential play? What do you see out of Jalen Hurd and why this, I'll call it an experiment now, why this continues to happen? In a lot of ways, I think they're trying to chase something that might not actually even be there. And I don't know how much of it was there. I know he, he's a pretty freaky guy. He's a former running back at Tennessee, 6'5", 230, coming out of college, and not a burner down the field, but a converted wide receiver and had that running back ability that Kyle Shanahan loves to catch and run and, and really was explosive in a short area and could move really well in a short area and, and showed pretty natural hands for being a former running back for a really big player. But his two touchdowns in that preseason game two years ago was against the guys who were selling insurance now. It was the fourth preseason game. You know, it was backups to the backups for the Dallas Cowboys. And so I think maybe some fans put too much stock into a couple of plays there. Then he's missed two seasons with a back injury and an ACL. And he's been having trouble getting on the field in this training camp. And he's definitely down some weight. He's looking a little thinner. Wasn't looking like he had the same power and explosion in the preseason game against the Raiders. Not quite as quick in and out of his breaks. He wasn't looking like the powerful player like he was as a 230-pound running back that would be running through tackles anymore. So I'm not sure if he's ever going to be that guy, but I think the thought is that, look, he's coming back from an ACL. It might take a little time. Who knows? He probably won't suit up for the first few weeks, and maybe in then another month or so, he will be ready and will start to resemble that guy that the 49ers always hoped they got in the third round a couple of years ago. It's sort of funny because they've had so many small receivers. Like, I think Tamarkey's Goodwin, I think Trent Taylor, I think uh, even Richie James Jr. is kind of a smaller guy. And now here you're talking about having these bigger slot-type receivers. You mentioned Jawan Jennings, you mentioned Jalen Hurd. Trent Sherfield, I feel like, is a name that kind of came out of nowhere. People look at him and they go, has this guy been around? He's been in the NFC West for a number of years now. He's been a good special teams player. I don't know if they're going to use him as a kick returner. Who is the kick returner right now on this staff? Right now, of all of the players you thought would have been in contention to be the main return guy, punts and kicks, it's Travis Benjamin, Simba, Webster, and Richie James. Richie James was cut after he was injured a few weeks ago, or a few days ago, it wasn't that long ago, uh, before the third preseason game. Travis Benjamin released and Simba Webster waved, which means they don't really have that straight-up return guy. But fifth round, sixth round, I should say, running back Elijah Mitchell had a nice little kickoff return in the last game. Third round cornerback, Ambry Thomas, was utilized a little bit as a return man, but I think the X factor might be Kyle Shanahan, I don't think, wanted to put him out there in preseason games. I don't I don't know if Kyle Shanahan really wants to utilize Brandon Ayuk back there, former first round pick. I think he'd prefer him just being a wide receiver, but uh, right now, maybe Ayuk is the guy, and he was angling for the job as a punt returner for the 49ers this offseason. Maybe it's Ayuk returning punts and Mitchell returning kicks, or maybe the 49ers after they put someone like Mo Hurst 
on IR, they'll bring back a returner, or maybe they're scouring waivers for another sort of speed element at wide receiver, another return type of player. But I think the special teams value from Trent Sherfield is more on the coverage units, although I, he could probably return some kicks in a pinch, and he's really athletic, and I think a speed element the 49ers might have been missing is now being filled by Trent Sherfield. And I really think he showed an ability to play outside. He showed an ability to play in the slot. He made big plays. He shows a connection with his young quarterback there. You know, you, you draft somebody number three overall with a big arm. You need somebody with this, some speed that can get down the field. So for that reason, I think Trent Sherfield is going to have a role with this team. He's absolutely going to have a uniform on every Sunday, not only for special teams, he's going to be a valuable depth piece at wide receiver and somebody who can get down the field and make some plays for the 49ers. So uh, I loved what I've seen from Trent Sherfield so far this offseason. And I don't know why he never got a shot with Arizona, to be honest. Sometimes that happens with the special teams guys. I mean, Devin Hester, obviously the greatest kick returner of all time. They threw him in there at receiver every once in a while and wasn't the best receiver, but he was a fantastic kick returner. Uh, yeah, and in terms of, of Brandon Ayuk, I'd like to lobby for Brandon Ayuk to get a couple opportunities at, at punt return. It also sort of makes me wonder, like, maybe Kyle Shanahan just doesn't think so highly or too highly of the of the return game. It's something where you, you might get a couple of returns a game, but they went back and they drafted one of the greatest kick returners, punt returners in college football history in Dante Pettis and then, uh, and then never let him return. By the way, I did see Dante Pettis made the 53-man roster for the New York football Giants, so he is still hanging around the league, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you polled 32 head coaches around the NFL, if you said, I'll guarantee you that every punt returner calls a fair catch, catches the ball, doesn't muff it, never gets a return yard, and every kickoff goes to the end zone for a touchback all season long, I think almost every coach would probably say, you know what, I'll just take that, and I don't need a return game. Yeah, just don't make a mistake. Just make sure you catch the ball and, uh, and hold on to it. Just don't Kyle Williams me and we'll be okay. One more on the way out here. Give me a guy who did not make the team who you think could be end up back on the practice squad or could come back later this season. Who's the guy who makes an impact that did not make the team as of the 53-man cut or cutting it down to 53 on August 31st? You know, I will say linebacker Elijah Sullivan out of Kansas State. He's a former safety. It fits the mold what the 49ers are looking for in their modern-day linebackers. He had a one of the better non-first-round rookie grades in all of the NFL during preseason games, according to Pro Football Focus. And I think he's a player that really fits what the 49ers want in a linebacker. The numbers game got him, but I think he's somebody who will absolutely be back and make the practice squad. I think one of those return guys will definitely be back as well. And I believe I already saw a report that your boy, the backup fullback, Josh Jokic, will be back on the practice squad for the 49ers as well. Fantastic stuff, man. I appreciate the breakdown today. Always fun talking 49er roster stuff with you, man. We're days away from the start of the season. We'll catch up with you later this year, Brian. Thanks a lot, man. Always a pleasure. Great stuff from Brian Peacock. Make sure you give him a listen. The Locked On 49er podcast, as well as the Peacock and Williamson podcast, doing a great job covering the 49ers all year. And he's right. Once they make a couple of moves as far as IR are concerned, Sean Coleman, by the way, lands on IR. And uh, Maurice Hurst, as Brian mentioned, going to go on IR. They will make some corresponding moves, and we'll get a, uh, a better look at who's on the practice squad. Exciting stuff, man, but also a little bit of a surprise that some of these guys, like Nate Sudfeld, did not make the roster, and Josh Rosen did make the roster out in Atlanta. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the best stories, and there are lots of them in Bay Area sports. The next one gets going this Friday. The biggest series the Giants and the Dodgers have played since... 1993? Is that something that we can throw out there? Giants and the Dodgers, a three-game series for NL West Supremacy, goes down at Oracle Park starting on Friday. We'll talk about that and get you ready for this weekend against the Dodgers. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Friday.